Recently, I received by email an inquiry from a godbrother whether I knew of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta having ever rejected a disciple because this godbrother wanted to investigate and maybe explain to others the whole phenomenon of gurus rejecting disciples. I replied that I didn't know of any such rejection by Srila Saraswar Thakur, although I almost certainly would have known if he had done. And if I had done, I would have put it in that biography I made of Srila Bhaktisthan Saraswar Thakur. There was strain between himself and some disciples. He wasn't happy with some of them, but outright rejection, no. Our own Srila Prabhupada never exactly said to any disciple, I reject you. But practically, he did with three. He wrote about one disciple who had been very close to him, literally, physically, traveling with him around the world as a Sanskrit editor. Uh, Srila Prabhupada wrote that he has become a poisonous snake. And this uh, ex-disciple, he went and became a professor and a scholar in the Western academia, building on the Sanskrit skills he had picked up within ISKCON. Another of those three has become a somewhat successful, self-made Western Hindu self-styled guru. Very early in the ISKCON movement, Kitananda Swami severely uh, misbehaved with Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada wrote so many heavy things about him and Kirtanananda Swami also said some very heavy and offensive things about Srila Prabhupada. But Srila Prabhupada kept the door open for Kirtanananda Swami and Hayagriva who had gone with him. He never fully rejected him and said, he's gone forever, I'll never let him back. And eventually when Kirtanananda came back, Srila Prabhupada accepted him with no reservations, gave him all respect as a sannyasi and encouragement. And it could have been <clears throat> for others also that Srila Prabhupada virtually rejected that if they had come back penitently, Srila Prabhupada would have accepted them because Srila Prabhupada was merciful. Rejection of disciples by gurus is not very common, much more common nowadays at least, is rejection of gurus by disciples. I'm especially talking about my experience in ISKCON, but there are other organizations with gurus of various types of whatever, uh, and people reject them. They often reject everything that the guru stands for, especially in, in the West. Here in ISKCON, what we find more commonly 
then outright rejection of gurus by disciples is quietly, the disciple quietly distancing themselves from the guru. Nothing very dramatic. Myself, I have the experience of two devotees who, both from the same country, but in their own separate ways, um, have distanced themselves from myself. Neither of them were initiated by me, but both were uh, closely under my guidance for decades. But in both cases, I made an issue of them keeping a beard. And then they just don't want to be associated with me anymore. It's such a small thing. It's clear that Srila Prabhupada didn't want his followers to have beards. But their response that they don't want to see me anymore is it's a way of saying that, yeah, well, I do things in my way, the way I want. I, I want a guru who doesn't tell me what Srila Prabhupada wants. I, I don't need the kind of guru who interferes with my life like that. But then, isn't that what a guru is supposed to do, at least at some level, not to get into every detail of your life, but clearly having a beard, as Srila Prabhupada said, it's for sexual attraction, and he didn't like it. And I would think if someone is relating to me as a guru figure, that I should be able to tell them that. Then I heard some devotees, they're not coming to see me anymore. Why? The question is there. Because they say they don't want to be associated with an organization that did not speak out against coronavirus, the scam, and the vaccination scam. Uh, they, they feel, there's a small group of them, they, they feel, I'm told, that it's not enough to be, in my own case, I didn't speak out against the obvious scam, uh, but that's not enough. It's not enough to be passive. You should speak out about it. And they don't want to be aligned with an organization or individuals who didn't take a stand against the scam that was coronavirus and the whole vaccination thing. When I was told this, I thought, this is ridiculous. There are so many scams. The whole economic system of the world is a big scam. The whole educational system or systems in different countries, it's a scam. The whole material world is a scam. As far as coronavirus is concerned, well, something fishy seems to be going on. At least the pharmaceutical companies were very happy and some data seems to show a spike in excess deaths 
which is linked to vaccinations. Uh, I spoke with a doctor recently about this, and he said, yeah, the, the vaccinations, they, they did do a lot of harm. But then again, I know many devotees who got the corona vaccination, and they got the jab, and they seem to be okay in as good as health as could be expected. Many people in the world, including at least some devotees, were convinced that the coronavirus and the, the vaccinations was a plan by the demons to effect massive depopulation in the world with millions expected to die. Well, it didn't happen yet. Maybe it will, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. In other words, they were convinced of a terrible plot to, to kill millions of people by injecting them, but they were convinced. But it doesn't seem to happen unless all of a sudden it's going to start happening. You never know. Uh, <laughs> Some people say the vaccine saved so many lives and some people say it killed so many people. This is the world of duality. Maybe the virus, sorry, the vaccine, maybe the vaccine did act to stop some people getting coronavirus and dying from it. And from every doctor I've spoken to, definitely there were many, many extra deaths from coronavirus. Uh, so it may be that the vaccine saved some lives and for others it reacted in a way that it killed them. One man's meat is another man's poison, as the English saying goes. The car safety belt is said to save lives, but it causes some fatalities as well. In some cases, if the Generally, the car safety belt saves many lives from in accidents, but in some accidents, if the safety belt wasn't being worn, it would have saved the life. There are side effects, it seems, some very heavy, serious side effects from the coronavirus vaccinations, but then we have to take into consideration the cost-benefit relationship, how many lives were saved, how many lives are messed up or killed, how can we know these numbers? We can go through the internet and there are numbers on both sides, there are fanatics on both sides. On one side there are those who don't even believe that COVID even exists and the, on the other there are those who just whatever the the official proclamations from the scientists say yes, yes, they believe in it. And by human nature, we're full of our own prejudices and we filter things out and we like to hear things which are in line with what we believe. Why don't people publicly and loudly, as in the case of the vaccination question, speak out against the mass usage of mobile phones, which messes up people's lives by filling their brains with all kinds of things and 
and uh, so much false propaganda, pornography, and it may well be that there are case, so many cases of brain cancer, so many cases of health damage from mobile phones. Why are people not up in arms against mobile phones? Because we like them. I hardly use them. But most people are who have a mobile phone, which is the majority of the population of the world today, it seems, they, they like that phone so much that when the thought of not using the mobile phone comes, they, blah, 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 blah. they don't like it at all. And they're not so much concerned about the uh, health hazards of mobile phones because they like using it. So because someone rejects me as a guru, because I don't speak out against the corona scam, and there are so many scams, there are so many conspiracy theories floating around ISKCON and floating around the world within ISKCON concerning ISKCON affairs and about the big bad world outside. It takes some humility, maybe some wisdom and intelligence to admit to ourselves and maybe to others that we are tiny, tiny beings in a very complex world and there are many complex issues that we don't know what's going on fully it, it, it seems unclear to anyone except someone who takes a f fanatical position as if they really know what actually was the cause of the coronavirus, if it existed at all. There was a much clearer situation when Parikshit Maharaj asked the bull, the symbol of dharma, who was being beaten by the personality of Kali, Purikshit Maharaj asked the bull, who is responsible for, for this? And it was very clear that the bull was being beaten by the personality of Kali. But the bull took a very philosophical position, being the personality of, of Dharma. He answered that, it's very hard to ascertain what the ultimate causes of this. And he gave different philosophical conclusions and possibilities. Now, that doesn't mean that we should waffle on everything and say, well, I just don't know about anything and not take a stand on anything. But the guru can't be expected to take responsibility and for every detail in the disciple's life and micromanage their life and give his opinion on all kinds of things which are going on in this world. After all, we ourselves are responsible for coming in this material world, which is like a whole minefield at any time we can just enter, enter an explosion. Uh, there's no safe path in this world except to take shelter of Krishna via the guru, which means to 
take his spiritual instructions about how to go back to Godhead. Coronavirus is just a blip in eternity. Uh, so is the present Israel-Palestine war. When I say present, someone might watch this a few years later and think, what, was, what, what were they talking about? Oh, let's look it up on the internet. If there still is an internet, it may have been superseded. The ongoing battles between Russia and Ukraine. These are big issues in the world today. You should speak out. You should support the Israelis. You should support the Palestinians. Why don't you speak out about the ecological disaster? You can't be a guru unless you speak out about it. If I, if I, who's supposed to be your guru, don't speak out on what, if the guru doesn't speak out on what I, the disciple, know is right, I reject you. I know coronavirus was a big scam. You don't speak about it, I reject you. I know the Israelis are right. You don't support them, I reject you. I know the Palestinians are right. If you don't support me or if you don't accept this, if you don't speak out about it, I reject you. Who are we to know? How are we to know what is right, what is wrong? <laughs> Basically, all sides are wrong in this material world. I have disciples in Russia and some in Ukraine. If I was to speak something pro-Russian or pro-Ukrainian, the other side disciples would reject me. And if I say nothing, if I have a neutral stance, then some on both sides may reject me, claiming that as a position of leader, I cannot be silent. I had a letter from an aspiring disciple in Ukraine saying, you should speak out. It's... it's uh, Horrible what's being done to us. You shouldn't be silent. Uh, the most fanatical among devotees will claim that my silence means that actually he's siding with the other side because they identify with one side. But the Krishna conscious perspective is that all problems or the actual truth is that all problems in this world are caused by forgetfulness of Krishna, being inimical to Krishna. Srila Prabhupada, when he was first preaching in America, spoke out about the Vietnam War, or he used it as an example in his preaching. And what he said was unpopular. He said, you voted this government, so if the government tells you to go and fight, you should go and fight. It was a very unpopular stance, especially among the people he was mostly preaching to, which was mostly hippies. Srila Prabhupada said that the, these are wars between demons. Srila Prabhupada's translation of Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 9, Chapter 24, Text 59, goes as follows. Although the demons who take possession of the government are dressed like men of government, they do not know the duty of the government. 
Consequently, by the arrangement of God, such demons who possess great military strength fight with one another, and thus the great burden of demons on the surface of the earth is reduced. The demons increase their military power by the will of the Supreme so that their numbers will be diminished and their devotees will have a chance to advance in Krishna consciousness. A, a snippet from the purport to this verse, Krishna will arrange a fight between the demons in which all their military power will be engaged and both parties of demons will be annihilated. This is how Srila Prabhupada, from the pure Krishna conscious perspective, saw all these wars going on all over the world. In Vrindavan Dham, Harishwari Prabhu recounts in his Transcendental Diary, Srila Prabhupada at one time began to speak about the unfortunate state of the world's inhabitants. Srila Prabhupada explained that due to a lack of knowledge about the Supreme Lord, people are suffering. That is the cause of their suffering. They are under the false impression of being independent and they commit all kinds of sinful activities, not knowing about the results or caring for the results and foolishly thinking that they are free to do whatever they like. But, Srila Prabhupada explained, when the volume of sinful life becomes amassed, they suffer the consequences in the form of pestilence or wars. And then they think that by politics and meetings and peace rallies, they can avoid such things. But that is not possible. They are helpless to prevent such upheavals. This is a means by which they receive punishment for their sinful activities. Just at the right moment, at an opportune moment, material nature brings the demons together and engages them in war. Srila Prabhupada, in this regard, spoke about how at school, when any two boys would misbehave with each other, there was one teacher who would bring them to the front of the class, make them stand face to face, take a hold of each other's ears and tell them, pull, pull as hard as you can. So each are pulling each other's ears and hurting. And when they hurt and the other one pulls even harder and it, it hurts, but the teacher is ordering, you can't stop, you must go on pulling. Srila Prabhupada explained that in the same way, Maya brings together one Churchill and one Hitler. Now rascal, pull, and neither can stop. This is what's going on. Of course, Srila Prabhupada supported India when India was attacked by Pakistan in 1971. And India's case is a little different because it is the land of Dharma, the land of so many holy places. We do want uh, an India that is militarily strong enough to protect itself from aggressors. But that's another whole question. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, writing in the 19th century, wrote that, I am a poor Vaishnava. I have no interest in big, big mundane topics such as the battle between Britain and Russia, the demarcation of Afghanistan's border, and the qualification or incompetence of the governor generals. These were big, big topics in the news. Who nowadays even knows anything about the battle between Britain and Russia, the demarcation of Afghanistan's border, or, or the qualification or 
incompetence of the governor generals of India. But you know, Thakur continued, I do not need to waste my time in this way. My only duty is to award spiritual benefit to the Indians, particularly the Bengalis. While carrying out that duty, whatever topics I need to discuss, I must do it. And Bhaktino Thakur said that he reads the newspaper daily. But his perspective is different. In a time of famine, Bhaktisiddhan Sarasar Thakur, famine means there's a shortage of food, people are dying all over the place. Bhaktisiddhan Sarasar Thakur said there is no shortage in the world but of Krishna consciousness. This is the only thing that's missing. If there's Krishna consciousness, there wouldn't be all these problems. So the Palestine fight, Ukraine fight, coronavirus, these are all trivialities. Ah, trivialities, yes. There have been and will be so many wars and disturbances. Some devotees and others, they predict economic collapse or crises like world wars, famines, the end of the world, floods, earthquakes, pestilence, diseases, financial collapse, environmental disaster, devotees and others. They're very much fixated on all these things, all these terrible things that are going to happen. But in history, all these things have happened and the world goes on in its horrible way. Some people are affected by these things, others are not. And even when large numbers of people are affected by a disaster, it's temporary. The world goes on. Srila Prabhupada writes in his purport to Bhagavad Gita as it is, chapter 14, text 22 to 25, that he's referring to a transcendentally situated person. Social and political issues do not affect him because he knows the situation of temporary upheavals and disturbances. So all these things, they're trivialities, just like the demarcation of the borders of Afghanistan, the battle between Russia and Britain in the 19th century, late 19th century, all these things come and go. Agama payano nityaha. Such things come and go. They're temporary. In that sense, they're trivial. Right now, it doesn't seem trivial. But now, if we want to discuss about the big issues of the 19th century, they don't mean anything to us. The real point we need to focus on is utilizing our human life to get free from birth, death, old age, and disease, and reviving our loving relationship with Krishna. Some people may be outraged by hearing this. Don't you feel for the Palestinians getting killed? Or don't you feel for the Israelis being killed? You wouldn't say that if you were there right on the spot. If you were a Palestinian, maybe not. But we, as aspiring devotees of Krishna, followers of Srila Prabhupada, we do feel for the suffering of both sides. We also feel for the billions of animals that are being killed every year 
billions of animals, both the Palestinians and the Israelis and the Ukrainians and the Russians, they're all in the business of animal slaughter, apart from the business of human slaughter. And as long as there are slaughterhouses, humans will act inhumanly against each other. They act inhumanly against animals. They act inhumanly against humans. There are issues in the world, and we should be aware of them. Politicians are manipulating us. Big business interests, mass media, they're, they're manipulating well, unless we're intelligent enough to read Srila Prabhupada's books and not get manipulated. But all these manipulations and permutations of the material world, they're not our central concern. Yes, it's horrible what's going on in these war zones. It's shocking. But we have to keep things in perspective. We do feel for the suffering of the world and therefore we preach Krishna consciousness. We have to distinguish reality from illusion. The biggest problem that Srila Prabhupada saw in the world, which we can understand from his Pranam Mantra, is impersonalism, which has engulfed the world, especially the Western countries. And therefore, therefore, we can say people don't mind killing each other and killing animals because they don't see that we're all persons. It's useless for us to take sides in the disputes of various non-devotees who don't care for us. They're not going to listen to us anyway. <laughs> we can't even get ourselves heard by them. We have to give all these people who are ignorant of Krishna and behaving horribly to each other we have to give them the real knowledge of Bhagavad Gita so that they can rise above all this rascaldom. If we descend to their level, support Ukraine, support Russia, support Israel, support Palestine, throw out the vaccines. No, no, you must have a vaccine. If we descend to their level, we become fools and rascals like them. If we are to speak about anything, how about speaking about mass animal slaughter, which Srila Prabhupada, he made an issue of that. He pointed out this is the root of mass bad karma. How about speaking out about abortion? Coronavirus was considered very dangerous that it might kill millions of people. And the vaccination was rumored that it would kill millions of people. But, well, it isn't killing millions of people. But abortion is openly killing millions of people. So we shouldn't take sides in materialistic people's disputes and don't reject gurus over such trivial issues. Any materialistic platform, Israel is bad, Palestine is bad, it's all on the platform of trifles, blips in eternity. You need a guru to tell you that. To, t to get your perspective clear. Everything in this material world is temporary. It's a trifle. Yes, there are so many demoniac things going on, but we shouldn't get uh, involved in all the intricacies of this or take sides with that. A guru needs to tell you this again and again. A guru tells us how to apply the knowledge 
of Shastra according to our present circumstances. Guru's teachings are derived from Shastra, which encompasses everything in the entire cosmos and beyond. Uh, Guru's teachings derived from Shastra tell us what we should do with our bodies, our mind, our speech in relation to others and to the environment around us. The Guru's teachings derived from Shastra teach us about causality and effect, past, present and future. It teaches us meaning and values within this whole huge cosmos. By discussing spiritual knowledge, this is from uh, Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 15, Text 23. By discussing spiritual knowledge, one can conquer lamentation and illusion. By serving a great devotee, one can become prideless. So instead of lamenting for this side or that side or the people who died from this or that, we should discuss spiritual knowledge and serve the devotees who are distributing that knowledge instead of being so proud to think, well, I know better and I reject them because they don't speak out against coronavirus or whatever. Life is short and we have to focus on the essence, going back home, back to Godhead and helping others to do so. We have to deal with situations we face in the world, but let's not get distracted from our real goal. As Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami states in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, the readers should relish this wonderful nectar, Chaitanya Charitamrita, because nothing compares to it. Keeping their faith firmly fixed within their minds, they should be careful not to fall into the pit of false arguments or the whirlpools of unfortunate situations. If one falls into such positions, he is finished. This talk will surely make me enemies and invite angry responses. Maybe more disciples will distance themselves from me. Hare Krishna. Vancha kalpa tarubhyascha kripa sindhubya evacha patita nam pavane bhyo vaishnavi bhyo namo namaha.